Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. All right, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. I have been looking forward to this one for a while. Jill and I had a chance to meet only a couple months ago, but there was an immediate soul connection, sisterhood connection, and we were introduced by a very special human, Bridget of Gut Personal, who has been on the show as well. And when we connected very quickly, we started to realize that there was synergies in our stories and, and, you know, overlay of the different things that we have been through. And I just want to open up and say, thank you for spending the time with us and welcome to the show, Jill. Oh, I'm so stoked to be here. I would get up early for you any day, Jackie, and mad shout outs to our five, one generator buddy. (laughs) That is Bridget. (laughs) Absolutely. So for those that are tuning in, listening, obviously on audio, it's 7.15 Eastern time in Ontario, Canada, and 6.15 a.m. in Thailand? Yes, stupid, stupid o'clock a.m. <laughs> We're having coffee. In Phuket, Thailand. We're having coffee and she's rocking. We wish five. it was wine. We wish it was wine. <laughs> it will be pretty soon. And she's rocking this really cool Kelly Kapowski vibe. So I'm digging her 6 a.m. look. <laughs> where's where's zach where's ac so good we're we're, we're aging ourselves here we're aging yeah ourselves. i'm like fuck jill shut up you can <laughs> tell everyone can tell you're in your 40s now <laughs> so i always like to start with this question and it can lead us in so many different directions and it's never as simple as it seems when i just open it up and say hey tell us your story how did you go <laughs> from a Canadian gal to living in Thailand. And what has this journey brought up for you as you've made all these transitions in your life? I feel like my life has been like 15 years or so of transitions in the best way. Um, So I started my first ever business. I just knew I didn't want to have a job really. That's pretty much where it all starts. I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was until I really met my husband, but, um, I had my first ever like stab at it in 2006, the days of MySpace, just to give us some context. And I pitched a web TV show to a producer. Well, I pitched, I wanted it to be a TV show. And he's like, this sounds great for web TV. And I was like, web TV, like, what the F is that? Like, do people watch videos on the internet? This is the year that, um, Google bought YouTube Mm. and, And so he was like, it's going to be huge. So it was called 20 something. It was 
thank God during the days where you could erase shit off the internet. Like, thank God guys, because it was, I was 25 shooting that it was dating sex and relationships. So very much sex in the city meets the view. And I'm just so grateful. You cannot find the stuff that I talked about online. Because- Are they archived anywhere? <laughs> Thank God not Okay, <laughs> because, because if someone were to find that, they'd be like, wow, Jill was a hoe in her twenties. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, you are right. But <laughs> so that was my first step at, um, at really trying to create something for myself. And that lasted, I mean, we amassed a million views, which was like, I couldn't even believe it back then. Um, but I didn't really know anything about making money online. And then in 29, or excuse me, 2009, I met my husband who, now this is where the story starts to get like, what? So Josh is Australian. I was moving to Australia with a girlfriend of mine. However, I was living in Canada Josh was living in Beijing, China, and I had happened to meet his previous business partner and his now wife. And they're like, oh, you should meet our friend Josh. He's coming in town for three weeks. And I was about to move and I was super single. So I was like, well, is Josh hot? Because if not, I am not going to give up a night for that. And they're like, don't worry, he's bachelor for life. And I was like, sounds great. So anyways, Josh and I hit it off. He went back to Beijing. I stayed in Toronto. I was about to move to Australia. We met up in Vegas because he was like, we should meet up again. And I was like, yes, what's in the middle of China and Canada? Vegas. Vegas is not in the middle. Right. (laughs) It is not in the middle, guys. a little easier for you, but listen, a good (laughs) place to go meet up. It really was. It served us the perfect backdrop. And then I moved after that. I moved over to Australia. He showed up at my door. It was such a cute moment. And from there, we really started to like, from there, we went to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Mexico, Europe, Puerto Rico, like Thailand, Malaysia, China. Like we've just been here, there and everywhere. Lived in the Cayman Islands, like just so many places. And all throughout that he's, or just like in the earlier years, he was obviously still running his business and I had a social media business at the time. And he was, both of us were getting disenchanted with what we were doing. And Josh was like, we should start a business together. And I was like, love it. Let's do it. Absolutely. And he's like, I think we should start an affiliate site. And I was like, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, what's an affiliate site? <laughs> so he taught me everything. He taught me about SEO, like how to write for the web, building email email us like traffic, social media, like all of it. And from there we started growing this site and then that turned into another site. And then we had like a network of 30 sites and then we started screw the nine to five. And then that was a whole mm-hmm. initiation by fire trying to figure out that process. And we had courses and memberships and coaching and live events and services. And it's just been such a wild ride. And then in 2019, we were in Bali and we were on the back of a scooter. I was on the back of a scooter. Josh was driving it. And it just hit me like a, like a jolt of lightning. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to run luxury retreats for women in, at a million plus in their business. And I told Josh, he's like, that sounds amazing. When are you going to do the first one? And I was like, mm, probably never, because I was so intimidated by this vision because before that I had had, you know, 10 plus years of very strained, isolating, humiliating experiences with women. And the thought of then holding space and creating a community Mm -hmm. for like really powerful women scared the hell out of me, truthfully. Like I was just like, that feels like the most unsafe thing I could do. Um, But I just couldn't shake it. And so almost two years after that one moment where I was like, I'm going to do this, I finally gave them myself the permission to do it because I just couldn't shake it anymore. I knew, I just knew it was for me. And so I slowly but surely started dipping my toes in. I started my first like Instagram post (laughs) in 2021, Um, had my first retreat in 2022. And even then I was just like, I don't know, like, Josh and I have such a good thing with screw the nine to five and wealthy course creator. Like I'm good. I'm just going to run this one. And then on day two, like by day two, I was cracked right open. I was like, I'm all in bitches. (laughs) And it just flowed. Like I just, it just felt so, it was the most aligned, intentional, healing, effortless, fun, 
enjoyable thing I had ever done. And I just couldn't shake it. I just wanted to do more and more and more. And so after that, I went home after the Costa Rica trip. And it was just like, I went straight back into like beast mode, dude energy inside screw the nine to five. And it was like such a dark period for me. Cause I had just experienced the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like this, I was like operating out of obligatory energy. Like I didn't want to like let Josh and the team down. I didn't want to bail on our clients, but I just knew I had this other chapter to me. And finally, after like many a days crying, Josh finally said to me, like, chill, I think it's time you go all in on, on MGC because you clearly love it and you're absolutely miserable in this business now. And it's not fun for any of us. So, um, and I'll forever be grateful for him for that because, you know, he could have been like, oh, it's okay. Just like do both. But he was like, this is your strength. This is your gift. If you don't go all in on it, you're crazy. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. So I ran my second one in St. Lucia um, earlier this year. And it's just been this beautiful journey of like healing my own wounds <laughs> around female friendships so that I can step more into this. I realized one of my clients, Veronica called me out. She's like, you're hiding in plain sight. You have such a good thing and you're not even talking about it. And I was like, I know I'm scared V. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's just been truly, it's like almost every single day I just peel back a new layer of like, what is the resistance here? What am I scared of here? Why am I not doing this now? And becoming more and more or overcoming a lot of the latent fears, wounds and triggers so that I can become Mm -hmm. the version of me who holds space for all the epic women who come into my world because they deeply crave belonging and a tight knit circle of people who get it. Cause I'm sure, you know, this Jackie, like the, the higher you go, the smaller your circle can get right. Mm -hmm. That's not the case for everyone, but a lot of us like our circles get smaller. Not everyone gets what we're trying to do. Not everyone gets the dedication or the level of heart or the sacrifices or the boundaries, the standards, you know, like not everyone gets that. Um, and so it can be really hard to feel like you fit in when someone's like, mm, isn't it enough yet? You know, and you're like, no, it's never enough. You know, it's, it's like my whole heart and soul. And so my intention is to create a community people can't ever imagine being living without. And then also Oof. hosting really bougie rad experiences in epic locations. <laughs> the fun oh, side of success. You know how it is. There's, there's so much here, so much to unpack. <laughs> and it's interesting because I had heard being Canadian, uh, although majority of my clients and work had been in the U S as I reintegrated back to Canada after living in the U S for years, I had heard of screw the nine to five. I didn't know who was connected to it, but I had heard this brand. I'd heard people in my network coming to Toronto to events, all great things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I'm having this conversation with Jill because of an introduction of our network. And we're talking about this millionaire girls club. So when she said MGC, that's what she's talking about. Her brand yes. is now the millionaire girls club. I just assume girls people. Club. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to like talk this out because we're going to create more brand recognition of what the heck you're doing, which I love. Okay, great. I'm glad someone will do it. (laughs) And that was my first connection back. And here we are now being able to um, reframe and and create a new aim for yourself and really Mm. step forward into this space that, frankly, in my opinion, is a gap. You know, Mm, I would agree that as a woman in business, in entrepreneurship. I'm a mother. I have six-year-old twin girls. It can feel very difficult to not Mm -hmm. compartmentalize my life and find friend groups that only get pieces of my life. Oh my God. Yes. You get get my, you get my mom, my mom mode. You understand my business or entrepreneur mode. You understand my fitness and lifestyle mode. You understand marriage and relationship mode, whatever that is. It feels like, I don't know if you felt this Jill, but there's some times where I feel like only pieces of myself can show up. And yes, I've been craving absolutely. community to be like, here I am in the fullness and mm-hmm. the biggest expansion of me. And I can be that way. And that's, and it is celebrated oh, and understood, understood and celebrated. I, that's the energy. Any woman I've talked to who's either been to Costa Rica or been to St. Lucia. I know you have one coming up here. 
as this launches, you're probably there in Sedona. Yeah. And that is the experience that these women are having. And that's why it's starting to spread. Because when you have mm. an experience like that, where you can authentically show up as self, how do you unsee that? How do you unsee oh. that that exists? I, I mean, for myself personally, I know that my journey might be slightly different, but like, I could not shake it. I was just like, I was like, can't unsee this. <laughs> you know, like I, was just, I, it made such a dent in my heart. I was just like, I need more of this. I don't care what it takes. I will face any fear. I will face all the rejection and sister wound stuff. And I will go all the fuck the way in because it matters so much to me. Mm. And I think that's the same, like even just looking at the women, like I love how they show up for each other. You know, so many of them collab, work together, send each other clients, have each other on their podcast, shout each other out on social media, speak at each other's event, coaches, coaching each other's programs. Like the collaboration and support is unlike anything I've experienced before. Normally in like online circles, it's done with kind of like a motive, you know, like this underlying, like, oh, if I do this, then you'll do that. I think online, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have certainly experienced this. It's a lot of Hollywood friendships and it's done with like this ulterior motive. And it just like, if you can't mm like, quote unquote, be enough for them, then you're just like, Cass, I fucking hate that stuff. So I'm just like, so adamant on the standards that we hold in MGC and who comes into it. That is like, my number one job is curation. That Mm. is absolutely my number one job in MGC is curation. Mm. Well, what I love about what you're saying is, Listen, you're, the role that you're playing is to hold a container and to bring the right humans together and figure out the right energies that need to be in the room. What's so cool about communities that have authenticity at the core, in my experience, which has been few and far in between, mm-hmm. is the ripple effect that happens outside oh, the room. Dude, and, agreed. And all of this, like, hey, we're shouting each other out, we're supporting each other, and we're honestly trying to lift everyone in the group that is the coolest thing when you start to see that lineage and that through line how does that make you feel as like a woman who knows that you were the one that like brought everyone together but then it took on a life of its own way beyond you I actually had this exact conversation yesterday so this is like so beautifully present for me because one of my clients Caitlin she's just amazing she's one of the smartest chicks I know she's a wealth manager And I connected to her to another chick that I know, who's one of my speakers in Sedona. Um, And I just heard on her podcast the other day, she was like, oh, I'm working with this new financial, um, this new wealth manager. And I was like, oh my God, she's talking about Caitlin. And and just thinking about the like ripple effect that is going to have when this chick brings Caitlin into her audience and like how Caitlin can support all these other women in building wealth, like She's one of the most generous, kind, supportive, smartest people I know when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so the ripple effect she can have on other people's lives. And it Mm -hmm. happens, like I mentioned that to Andrea in like a hotel lobby. And I was like, oh, let me connect you to my girlfriend, Caitlin. And like that one little meeting will be, will have such a direct impact on on so many people's lives. I just think that's so cool. I was saying that to Josh yesterday. I was like, it is so rad that now Caitlin, who is so underground, has never posted on social media, like, but is just like experiencing this explosive growth because she's so good at what she does and like referrals upon referrals upon referrals upon referrals. Um, So someone who is so unknown in the online space, who is so underground in the online space is about to have such a huge impact on so many people's lives and help them build wealth. Like to me, that's just so damn cool. And it came from like, just a mention, you know, like I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just personally love connecting people. I used to love it in my twenties. Like I would host dinner parties, bring all my girlfriends together. I just like it. And even when I was a bartender, I was a bartender for 10 years and I would always connect my regulars. Hey, Ian, you should meet Dan, you know, like uh, Mm -hmm. just, it's always just been something I've loved. Um, I'm a one foreign human design. So it's like kind of baked into me, but it's just such a thrill for me. Here's the through line between our, our lives again, because we're both human connectors. 
right? I connect mm. really cool founders with really cool people to be on their team. But when people ask me like, what do you really do? I'm like, I feel like I'm a modern day matchmaker. I'm just bringing like yes. really epic CEOs to really epic number twos yes. or executive teams so that that CEO can go create what they're uniquely qualified for. And the ripple is so much greater if you have the right people Huge. surrounding you. It's the same saying. You're connecting, yeah. you're bringing people together who are going to unlock mass potential across all areas of their life, which is so I agree. rad. I love that. I agree. I, oh. I want to be the conduit for connecting rad women. Woo. Mm. Mm. There it is. There's the <laughs> mission. I love yes. that. 110%. Okay. With that in mind as like the gold standard, let's go to the dark side for a minute. Oh, it's oh. about to get heavy in oh, the best I'm way, in there. the best way, not in like a sad way. <laughs> what are some of the experiences you've had in your life? Even if you think oh, them up that have left you questioning women in particular mm. intention and are they there to get something for you or are they there to really authentically be there? What are some mm. of the sister wounds you've become aware of within your own life? The one that, I mean, they were so blatant for me because they were so like drastic. Um, the one that I think has, the one experience that I think will have, mm, how do I want to say this? It is like the one moment in my past that I think has had the biggest impact on how I've shown up in the past and now in the present and moving into the future and has really become a source of my biggest healing, even though it was my scariest moment was when I was 16 <clears throat> and I had, you know, 30 plus chicks barricade me in my car. So they were surrounding me in my car. I was in my car with two of my girlfriends and I had 30 chicks surrounding us in our car. So we couldn't get out. I couldn't move. <clears throat> Obviously my girlfriends were terrified, right? Like it was a very triggering situation. I've thought we were going to get the shit kicked out of us. Like it just, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I wanted nothing more in that moment than for someone to stand up for me. And obviously I understand why they didn't Right, like you're not going to be like, hey guys, raise your hand to 30 plus chicks and be like, leave my friend alone. But like, that's all I wanted someone to do at that point. And they were silent. Now, granted, I get it. But I think in that moment, I internalize women will either attack or abandon you. Mm. And that has been my biggest thing to unwind. So I often like put myself back in the car and I try to tell that version of myself how deeply pivotal that moment is. Because at that time, all it did was break my heart, right? But now it has become this like driving force for me, this like true deep meaning for me of like, I know how isolating and lonely and just like deeply triggering and humiliating it can feel to be on like the outs or to have people talk about you or to have people target you. That's why I hate all this shit online with this like pack mentality. It's like so abusive and deeply triggering for people. It's super traumatic to have that done for you, especially like on, I mean, this was the days of no social media. I can't right. even imagine right. what my experience would have been with social media. Mm. You know, like I had chicks spray paint Jill as a slut on the school walls. <laughs> like, mm. Guys, spray paint, that is like true commitment, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, now imagine if that was a Facebook wall that could be shared, you know? Like, it, I'm just so grateful it was not during the time of social media. But that moment, like I was even talking to my coach the other day and I was, I was just saying something and she's like, you're anticipating rejection. You're anticipating that these chicks will bail on you or that they'll leave you or that they won't blah, 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 whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was so big for me. And I was talking out another block with her. I've had so many breakthroughs on this in the last little bit. So like you stop me if I keep going, um, I love it. <clears throat> because it has been, it is the biggest source of my healing is to clean up the stuff with women, because I know I'm supposed to 
this is going to sound like weird or cocky. It's not meant to be, but I know I am the one to host or create or facilitate MGC. I know I was given it for a reason. I know it is my deepest healing. And so it's on me to clean a lot of that up so that I can be in my power, like truly rooted in service, connecting women. Right. And so I was talking through some of the thoughts I've been like kind of spiraling in. And she said to me, well, all you're doing is replacing the bullies that used to be there. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you had so many years, like 10 plus years of people telling you you're stupid, you're a slut, you're ugly, you're dumb, you're whatever it is, you know, like you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And now that you don't have that, you do that to yourself. And it was like, (laughs) boom, (laughs) what? (laughs) And so she gave me two voices to like tune into the bully and the wise one. And so the bully, when I am in this like, you know, spiral of essentially self-abuse, like, oh, Joe, why did you do that? That's so fucking stupid. You know, like that's them. That's from my old, like, oh, I am dumb. Mm-hmm. Like I've carried that label for so long. Oh, I'm not smart. Like even all throughout Screw the 9 to 5, I was always like, Josh is a smart one. Josh is a smart one. He's the one who coaches. He's the one who teaches. He's like, I did that for seven plus years. Like I only started teaching my own stuff and screw the nine to five in 2020. We started in 2013 because I was just like, well, I'm not smart. I'm the dumb one. I'm the entertainment. You know, I'm, I'm the comic relief. Like I was always the like entertainer and Josh was the teacher. And so it's, it's shown up in my path. So in so many different variations, in so many ways throughout so many years. (laughs) And now I get to clean that up because I have awareness around it. So I can spot it when it comes up for me. And I could be like, there's the bully. Mm -hmm. And then I can start like releasing that voice and realizing like, it doesn't, I don't need to continue the self-abuse or I don't need to continue the trauma. I don't need to continue this familiarity with that like negative voice. In fact, it is in my best interest. It is of service to me to release that so that I can step in more into my power, connect the women, serve the women that I'm supposed to serve and like have a really good time doing it. Like, I don't want to have a miserable experience being like, Oh my God, are they going to leave me? Are they going to attack me? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be like firmly rooted in my power. Cause I think one, they deserve that. And two, I deserve that. Ooh, and so that's been, is. that's been my biggest current, at least <laughs> my mm. biggest layer to peel back and heal. Well, first, thank you for sharing. It is when we can get, when we can open and be raw and vulnerable about it, even though you're still in it, right. You're, st- you're talking mm. about like, I'm kind of in the messy middle of unpacking this and working through it and seeing it. That's to me, that's where true connection actually lies. And mm. there's such a beautiful gift you are giving yourself, but you're also giving all the women who are tuning in right now to listen and the women that you will serve in all of these retreats that are coming forward. Because as you look within and put the mirror to self and go and start to heal and unpack, you're also allowing other women to witness that and do that for themselves too. Mm. Thank I you don't, for that. Absolutely. I don't know one woman who I've talked to who's playing a high level game, who in some way, shape or form does not have some deeply rooted trauma with other women. Oh yeah. I, I don't think, I think my one friend, Caitlin is the only one who I've ever heard does has never had an experience like this. Because I remember she said like, I am just so, she was like, I'm so sorry you went through all this. And I was like, you never did. And she's Mm. like, I have never gone through this. And I was like, I didn't even know that existed. (laughs) I didn't know people had like pedestal of cool. That's, that's really rad that you didn't have to learn that. That's great for you. (laughs) I love that for you. Didn't know that was a thing. Experience is not that. Um, And I think, I think in a lot of ways in my experience of going from you know, I, I led big corporate teams for years and I was mm-hmm. the youngest woman at these executive team tables and was trying to be a chameleon and fit into all these different experiences. And in the last seven years of entrepreneurship for me, it's been this un like this detangling of all yes. of these personas yes. and masks and yes. bullshit stories that I felt like of who I needed to show up with, like, and with. 
And I could be one, one person with you today, Jill, and another person tomorrow. If we recorded this podcast again, that is fucking exhausting. Oh, tell me about it. (laughs) And the weight of that, that just sits on your chest is it's hard to explain until you start to go in and start to feel the relief of just getting honest with yourself about what you're doing as a result of the trauma that you experienced and the trigger. I think how that stacks. Yes, man. I think it is the most energizing thing to just like, be like, fuck it. Here I am. Here's all the things that I'm currently navigating. Like maybe for me, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm sure not everyone's like that. But for me, I find it deeply healing and cathartic. You know, I'm on the other side of a very hard season, even in my marriage. And it took like a lot of really hard conversations to help us get here. And I actually, I said to my husband the other day, like, I actually didn't know our marriage could be this good. Like, I thought it would have to be like, we go our separate ways and then we find new people and then it's really good. But we have just been in it together, like doing the work, having the talks, healing the stuff. And now it's like, I look at my husband, I'm like, it's like, I'm looking at a whole new person. Like even his skin looks different. Like he radiates different. Like he's just, he shows up for me different. He shows up for the business different. He shows up for our son different. He just shows up for himself different. He's just like this whole new version of himself. And I think I'm also a whole new version of myself because now I know I trust myself deeply. I will Mm. always go to bat for myself now because I've done so much healing work that I'm like, fuck it. Here's another layer. Let's rip this one off too. And so now I'm just like, one, I believe like one of the purest acts, I shared this on the other, the other day on my IG, cause I saw it. I was like, yes, one of the purest acts of love is to have a difficult conversation, to bring everything onto the table and be like, here's me. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's what's going on for me. Here's what I'm really scared about. And here's what I would love to see happen. You know, it takes someone who is like, who trusts themselves, who values their own peace. I think at least to actually open up that conversation because there's a lot of ways my conversation could have gone. I mean, I, I was like, shit, I might be blowing up my life right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and to have, to come out the other side of that in a more peaceful, aligned, loving place. I just like, I'm such a believer in being all of yourself in service of creating peace for yourself and mm-hmm. alignment for yourself. And trusting yourself. I think that's a big thing. I don't know if you find this Jackie, but like, do you ever find with any of your chicks? Like sometimes they just don't trust themselves. Well, gosh, like they, most of my life, I'm just starting to trust myself in a lot of ways. Yes. Right. So was I fully aware of it six years ago, seven years ago? Heck no. Am I starting to become more aware of it as I do my own inner work and really have gone down this, this journey of, of self-healing and self-discovery. It's incredible how many women, just the narrative they talk about, about themselves. Mm -hmm. Gosh, we're Mm -hmm. nasty to ourselves. If we think we're nasty outward, we take all that and we do it 10 X internally. The inner bully. The, um, the reality of what you just said though, which is trusting oneself, that is something that I think globally, we're all trying to figure out how to do that. I agree. It's Wholeheartedly. like, it's, it's this really interesting dance that I see myself go through. And maybe because I'm more present and aware of it, I'm watching all these other women also go through it mm-hmm. of deeply finding trust within and trusting things like women specifically trusting their voices. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my get God. Yes. So <laughs> clogged up of be the good girl, be quiet. Shh. Like all of these comments that get made, I'm raising six-year-old daughters. I have to catch myself when I say this stuff. It's like on repeat right. from my own conditioning right. and my own generational layers. And I just w- witnessed so many women who have such incredible things to say clog up because they don't trust themselves mm-hmm. to use their voice. Mm-hmm. That's where I see it most. I'll say in, in my recent, my recent days, I just think, <clears throat> I mean, I think it takes time, right? I think I've been learning to trust myself since I finally gave myself the permission to do something that matters to me. Right. Um, and also since I became a mom, like the second I became a mom, I feel like a whole, I, 
my coach said to me the other day, I feel like you're the type of person who's like, okay. So the analogy she made does not sound good, but she's like, it's like a snake. And I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> and she's like, no, cause you shed. It's like, you go through this like transformation and you shed that version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you go through another initiation or transformation and you shed that version of yourself. And I was like, that is the most accurate shit I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Because especially when I became a mom, it was like just this veil fell off me. And I was like, well, I no longer give enough about this or this or this or this or this or this or this. And I feel, I truly believe that's why I had the download to start MGC. Cause it was finally like, I was in a place of learning to trust myself and count on myself and honor my own strengths and honor what I'm really good at and really believing that I am quite smart. Um, like I was prepping some of the like, cues and stuff that we'll do in, in Sedona. And one of it, I'm going to butcher the question right now, but it was like, what is one thing that you're scared to, or that you've never admitted about yourself due to fear or something like that, whatever it was. And I was like, what would I say? And it just hit me like a brick wall. I was like, that I'm smart. I've never in my life owned that. I'm almost 42 just for context. Like I've never once been like, yeah, I'm smart. Mm. Like previously. I mean, like I've been on that journey now for two years, but we, like we get to two say out of up 42. until now, up until <laughs> yeah. now, I hadn't admitted that now you get to. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. So here's the, here's the question. Somebody's listening to this right now and they're like getting it. They're like, yeah, I have these same wounds and I'm doing some therapy and I'm having coaches and I'm having the conversations and I'm I'm learning about myself. I'm quote unquote doing the work Mm -hmm. and they're sitting on the edge of the cliff. They can't quite seem to let that one snake layer go. It like sticking to them. Mm -hmm. What advice perspective would you have for that woman to truly let go of something they've been holding as a weight? Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. What do you have to lose other than your old ways of being your old levels of comfort, your own triggers, your own fears, your old insecurities, the old version of you like that got you here, but it sure shit ain't going to get you there. You know, I think, yeah, just even for myself, I can only speak for myself. Like, what do I have to lose by facing these head on? What do I have to lose by building more awareness around how I talk to myself? What do I have to lose about when it comes to like counting on myself, betting on myself, trusting myself, putting myself out there? You know, I realized even with social media, I wasn't even touching social media for so long. And I realized that's because I just, I was already anticipating rejection. Mm -hmm. I was already anticipating being attacked. And so it just felt so much safer to just not do that. Even with my retreats, like I feel like how I, how I showed up to them was from a place of playing small. Like I wasn't sitting there in a, like, I am here to lead this experience. I was like partying with my girlfriends and getting fucked up on boats. You know, like I was just like, let's fucking go. I was treating it. Like I was at on a trip on a vacation with my girlfriends. Not that I was like facilitating the experience. And I think that is also another layer of playing small because if I'm, if they're friends with me, they can't attack me. Wow. And so even like all these little chess pieces I was moving, even though I wasn't aware of it, you know, like, Oh, wow. That's me trying to like sitting in fawn energy, trying to like befriend people. So I'm safe. So I'm not attacked again. So I'm not abandoned again. So I'm not targeted. So I'm not this and that, you know, I'm not rejected. I'm not judged. I'm not talked about all of that kind of stuff. And so what do you have to lose by doing this work and releasing those old versions of you that are just simply keeping you right where you are? That is all it is doing. It is helping you operate in your comfort zone, but if you truly do want to experience expansion, like if you value expansion, if you want to experience more of yourself, more success, more impact, more service, more connection, more deeper relationships, more trust with yourself, more self-awareness, more emotional intelligence. If you want to experience expansion around all of that, well, then you absolutely have to be able to expand your level or your capacity to hold discomfort. Because you don't get one without the other. They are two sides of the same coin. 
expansion and discomfort go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. It's the contrast. It's the highs and the lows. It's the good and the bad. It's the hard and the easy. And if you deeply crave to go to new levels in yourself and your business and your relationships and your own evolution, your own expansion, your own wealth, your own impact, all of that with your team, all of that, then the best thing you could do is start releasing old versions of yourself. It is the most healing, cathartic, energizing thing you could do. Mic drop. <laughs> so that's what I would say. <laughs> so start there. <laughs> So make sure you clip uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That there's so much to unpack in that. And that is, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Cause that is, there's so many women and I'll speak to myself and my own lived experience where I have re- recognized recently how often I play small out of fear mm. of the bigness. Yes. There's this innate because- knowing within that I'm meant to do big things. And the fear is this reservation. And the story I tell myself when I throw on social media is quote unquote, who cares? Mm. Everyone who's ever needed a team and comes to you, they deeply care. <laughs> and that anyone was... who's in like the clusterfuck of their stuff deeply cares about you, Jackie. And that that's the small version of myself mm-hmm. speaking. It's the well, in a lot of ways, how I interpret that now is, well, heck, that's selfish. There's people in the world that need you. There's people in the world that need to hear your voice. There's people in the world that need to have access to your gift. And if you hide, if you continue to hide out of fear of stepping fully into what your full potential could be in this world, how many people are you leaving on the table that aren't going to get to experience your gift? How many relationships? You, well, and do you know, like, have you asked yourself what is be- beneath that? Uh, the hiding? Like, what does that do to? Yeah. For me, that that's where it feels safe because if I hide, then I can't be hurt. Exactly. And if I, right, you can't be I rejected, can't fully be seen. I can't be rejected. If I, if I'm not fully seen, I can't be abandonment is a big one for me. If I'm not fully yes, seen, judged, then they cannot, um, they can't break me. Yes. I've been broken before by women mm-hmm. in fricking crumbles on the ground. Yes. And you try to build yourself back up. And now in life, I get to go and look at that again and say, okay, there's maybe still some broken pieces that are lingering here that like we just need to be shed with a snake skin for sure and let, be for let sure. go. So that's a big piece of what I'm working through too. So the stepping into bigness is a huge one. And I think those themes, like when we operate with them for so long, they'll probably be present for a while and yeah. we still move forward. Yes, We're like, we're just aware of it. Oh, here I am, you know, trying to not be seen again. That's cute. Okay. Let's go do something really big then. You know, it's like, it's almost like expanding your comfort zone of bigness. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I know I'm safe, if I know I trust myself, if I know I meant to do this thing, if I have this deep urge inside me, then I should probably take the action that that version of me would take, you know, because so often we're like, I want to be big. I want to do this stuff. I blah, blah, blah. But but it stops at like the wanting it. We don't actually slip into then what decision would that version of me make? And then what, what is the what action, action that they would take off the back of that decision? Mm-hmm. You know, like one thing I knew for myself going forward is like, I want to feel deeply seen, honored and trusted in my relationships. And so I need to have some hard conversations. I want to feel aligned. I want to know that I spoke up for myself. I want to, honor my own needs. And so the, that version of me would make the decision to open up the hard conversation, hard conversation. And the action would be to actually have it, you know? Mm. And so, and then off the back of it, I experienced the reward because it just worked, worked so beautifully for me. Like even in the muck of it, the like reward was just how I felt the ease. I felt the peace. I felt not even the, like what happened next. It was just like, fuck, I'm proud of myself. That was the only, like, that was the main vibe I had after I opened up the conversation with my hubby. I was like, I am so proud of myself 
that is all. I was just like flying high. And Josh was like, are you sure you want to like, can we just have a serious conversation? I was just like, I'm just, I, yes. And I just need, you know, I am so proud of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so obnoxious, probably not what he wanted to hear at that time, but like, I was deeply proud of myself because it took courage and I had been thinking about it for so long and I was all on the what ifs, you know? But I was just like, fuck it. I can't not say it anymore. And so I believe in myself. I trust myself. I'm going to say it. The freedom that comes on the heels of that is it's mm-hmm. a, it's an expression, an experience that I can't even put into words yet. You have to live that experience to fully understand when you've held on to something for decades, years, months, whatever it is, and you've known it's a truth. Maybe you don't mm-hmm. have full language. Maybe you don't know how to articulate it in the most quote unquote elegant way, whatever that means. Um, and you finally just hold the space to have the conversation, regardless of how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's a, it's freedom on the other side. Oh God, freedom. It is, the, it is just sheer flow. Yeah. And as you were talking about this, I was just like, oh my God, this is another one where just to the conversation of playing small, because I feel as though I've been in that loop too, is like, I've had this idea to do I get two main objections in my business dates and I'm not there yet. And so when they're saying I'm not there yet, it's like, I don't, I'm not at a million yet. And so I've had this idea for a while to start a new division in my company called her first million, but I didn't do it because I didn't want my MGC clients to be like, Oh, she's abandoning us or, Oh, we're not important or whatever. Also, none of them have ever said that. They've been actually like, that's a really smart idea, Jill. But I held on to not moving forward with it because I was like, well, I don't want to make them mad, you know, because again, targeting, attacking, abandoning, all that kind of stuff. So I was almost like anticipating that they would be mad by me making a decision for my business. Like it's ridiculous how this shows Mm -hmm. up in my life. But as I started talking about her first million, so many of them were like, that is a fucking excellent idea. Yes, you should do that. And I realized in that moment how insidious this has become for me or was for me because I was even stopping myself from expanding my company because I was worried about what people would say. You know what I mean? That's like, that's what I mean. Like when we are in the transformation, we are, when we are shedding the old layers, we have to look at how and where those versions of us are touching different areas of our lives and slowing us down or disempowering us or stopping us from going after what we really want. You know Mm. what I mean? It's just like crazy how many aspects and facets of your life it can touch if you're not aware of it. I so appreciate you sharing that. It can often feel like to the out to somebody outside looking in like, Oh, she's got to figure it out. She like healed that. And she's moved on. What doesn't often get talked about is like, no, this is actually maybe a lifelong lineage for me that I'm mm-hmm. continuing to work through. And it shows up in different ways. I have new tools to work through it. I have new perspective and uh, an ability to see it through a different lens from a perspective shift standpoint. That said, these things may continue to show up in life and catch you like these little ankle biter moments where you're not expecting yes, it anymore. Like you're like, wait a second. We've done I'm this so 10 times. <laughs> like I we have done this one before. Are we really yeah. going back here? And there it is. Again. There's some more. Yeah. Especially so when it's like deeply that. ingrained, Yeah, you know? And that's why I think this exploration work, self-exploration is like the best thing you can do. It's so funny because one of the pieces I got feedback on from my last retreat was one of the chicks who was new to the experience was like, you know, you need more structure and we need strategy. And I was just like, here's the thing. (laughs) Yes. Everyone needs strategy. And that's like 10% of the game. If we're really real, it is the inner stuff that holds us back or slows us down or stops us from doing the things. And if you think it is only strategy and not self-exploration and the inner work, you are missing most of the journey. And you are always going to project thinking that you are just like a hack or a strategy or an insight away from like you going to the quote unquote next level. But that next level will always be met with resistance if you're not healing the inner stuff that keeps you in that place of like trying to protect yourself. So self-protection, you know, like playing small, you know, just trying to create your little 
cave of, of safety. Um, it'll always show up. It'll always come back if you don't acknowledge it and do the work to understand it and release it. That's it. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you are scratching the surface or have thought about it, or maybe you're like in the deep end with us, that is the work. That is this, mm-hmm. for me, it's about coming back to self and like the truest form. Like who am I at the core? Who, who was I, who am I, what am I meant to do here? Who am I meant to become is more of what, what the languaging is for me. And it just feels like, like the shedding of all the stories that have been created over the decades. And the more clear I can become that the answer is always within there's mm-hmm. no magic pill. There's no strategy. There's no thing outside of self that is going to help unlock the true greatness within. As soon as we start to recognize that it, let me be very transparent. This is not easy. No. And yet, and yet there <laughs> That's why is most a, people don't do it. And yet there's a truth to it. And you can't unsee it after mm-hmm. you've seen it. That's something I say to myself almost daily that showed yeah. up. Can't unsee that one. Got to step in mm-hmm. what's here. Mm-hmm. And as you start doing it, I I reckon you'd see how many areas of your life it touches. Always, and then you have awareness. That's the like that's the first domino to change. It is once you build that like first minute of awareness, you're like, now I can start to spot it, Mm -hmm. and that's power. That is such power because then you are in the driver's seat again. That's what I love about what you're doing with MGC is you're bringing powerful women together. We're open transparent, authentic, want to share, want to connect and are craving that in their lives and have been looking Mm -hmm. for that. And while I feel like you and I could, we need a 2.0 for sure. There's another episode that is coming. I think we should do it on the heels of me coming to an event. Yes. Yes. After After the event, we'll hop on a 2.0 podcast and we'll talk about the experience of what you're defining and how I lived through it. That'd be a lot of fun to go do that. I would love that. There's women listening right now who are like, that's me. Sign me up. Whether it's Mm -hmm. I'm in my first million or I'm ready for MGC. Talk to me about how women get access to you, how they apply to get a seat in either one of these opportunities. Yes. But the easiest way is I'm, I'm such a talker. So come on over to, um, my IG is at the millionaire girls club, or if you want to, if you are looking to explore MGC, you are making over a million dollars a year, then millionairegirlsclub.com. That's where you can apply for the next event. Um, my space is super limited because I mentioned to you, we have like this beautiful estate. And so we're only taking 10 chicks. We've got six already seven mm-hmm. now, which I'm so excited about. Let's do um, it. yes. And so the easiest place to start the journey with me is over on IG. Just shoot me a DM at the Millionaire Girls Club. And her first million will be launching in a couple months from now. Um, so I'm super excited about that because I think that one's going to be, it's just going to be so cool to watch people go through that and then graduate and come into MGC. Like, it's just going to be so freaking fun to watch women make their first million. Like that is such a thrill for me. So I'm Mm. excited about it. I can't wait to scream that one from the rooftops as well and share that yes. with, with everyone who is listening when you do go thank live. Thank you, my friend. Jill, you so I much. can't thank you enough for being here, being so authentically you. And more than that, for doing the work inside of yourself so that you can step into creating what I need and what other mm. women who are listening on this podcast need. So that I can't so thank you me. enough. Thank you so much. I, I know sometimes it sounds like that means so much to me. Truly, Jackie, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate mm. that. And thank you so much for having me on as well. We'll link everything up in the show notes, guys. Jill, I appreciate you being here. And until next time, we'll see you again <laughs> on the Jackie, Bye, Jackie Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.